Hey guys, heads up. This podcast episode is just 1A. It's me, Allie G. I did an Instagram poll, I don't know, last week maybe, and a lot of people wanted to hear about sobriety. I'm not an expert, but I did want to share my story about sobriety, and the other two A's are sitting out on this one because they are not sober queens. <laughs> and I mean, they're not drunk queens either, but they just didn't have the problems that I've had along the way. Um, So getting sober meant that I had to learn to love myself instead of trying to escape myself. The mainstream concept of sobriety is usually understood to mean completely refraining from alcohol or substance use. However, what that actually describes would be abstinence. The definition of sobriety is simply not being intoxicated at any point in time. And I mentioned this because I was having a conversation with my dad a few days ago about making an episode about being sober, and he mentioned something along the lines of, well, you're not. You could offend people by saying you're sober when you still have a drink every now and then, and other people work really hard to be sober and not use any alcohol or substances. And I'm like, okay, first off, if I offend someone, they don't have to listen This podcast is our outlet to share our stories, and while we would love if we gain followers and we help people along the way, we are not here to please everyone. And secondly, sobriety can mean different things to different people, and for me, it just means not being drunk. I mean, I honestly can't even remember the last time that I got so-called drunk because it's been well over a year. Before I get into my journey of sobriety, I want to take you back to the beginning. And I want to start by saying I was not raised by parents who drank often, but they also weren't against alcohol. I was comfortable around it. I didn't think it was a bad thing. I never saw them doing bad things while drinking. I mean, I saw my mom overdoing it on wine one night, but I'll spare you the details on that one because it was a long, rough ride home. Um... I think when I was young, they even let me have like a sip or two of their drinks from time to time, like a pina colada or something like that, starting at a pretty young age. And before everyone freaks out, times were a whole lot different when I was a kid 20 years ago than they are now. Obviously, DFS for sure would be called on a parent now for doing that. Um, I'm sure parents still do it, but it's probably way more frowned upon now. But anyway, I can remember like my first real taste of alcohol and it was Jack Daniels down home punch. Um, I was at the sand drags racetrack that I used to race at and my dad was having some and I was like, Hey, can I try that? Cause it looked like Kool-Aid and, you know, in a bottle. So he was like, yeah, you can try it. And I was like, Holy crap, that tastes pretty good. So anyway, fast forward a bit. Um, I was want to say, I want to say like a 15 when I got invited to my first high school party by my boyfriend at the time And he asked me what I wanted to drink for it. And I was like, I don't even know what they sell at a liquor store. So I like down home punch. I was like, just give me that. And I remember him being like, okay, they come in a pack of four. Do you want me to get you one or two packs? And I was like, oh, um, I'll take two then. But let me tell you something. They came in a pack of six. So that first night, my first like official night drinking I had 12 of those down-home punch drinks, and it was a recipe for disaster. I don't remember, like, acting out or anything stupid, 
But I definitely remember being like very, very drunk and very, very hungover the next day. And the night of this party, I was supposed to be babysitting with my friend Caitlin. So obviously the next day I had to act cool. Like I was totally fine. Sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening. Um, I definitely use that excuse often because anyone who knows me knows that I don't like kids. Therefore, I was not going babysitting. So it was kind of silly of them to believe me, but that's their problem, not mine. <laughs> um, so anyways, that was my introduction to partying and it flourished into an every weekend thing. My cousin Sam at the time had a huge shop house and it was like the hangout for high school parties. Um, and like, I remember the cops coming one night and they were like, anyone 18 and up go to this side, anyone under 18, go to this side. And I was 15. And I remember walking to the other side. I was the only one under 18 at this party. And they called my parents and my dad had to come get me. And my parents trusted me. And I I mean, I wasn't a bad kid. I wasn't making bad decisions. Like I wasn't doing drugs or, you know, doing crazy things, but I was definitely drinking. But my dad came to pick me up and the cops were like, do you know what your daughter's doing here? And he was like, yeah, socializing with her friends. That's it. And their cops were like, yeah, okay. And he's like, you don't have proof of her doing anything wrong. So I'm taking her home. So that was it. And I mean, we were in a small town. So cops rarely gave minors MIPs. Um, As long as we were safe, had a ride, um, you know, weren't doing anything crazy, acting a fool, they typically didn't care. But also, I mean, 15 was definitely a little young. So they were probably a little leery about that. But anyway, um, yeah, that was my introduction to partying. There was a lot of bad times through this. Um, All my teenage years are full of memories, just partying and getting drunk. And I did that, I think, up until I graduated college, maybe even a little after. But in all of that time, there's just so many awful memories that I wish I could forget. And unfortunately, they're in my brain for forever. I did a lot of embarrassing things. I said mean things to people I loved. I acted a fool. I cheated on my boyfriends. I used a fake ID. Ran around the bar shoeless, which is gross, I know. Um, I would even spend my last dollar out of my emergency fund on shots at the bar. And one night, I accidentally called the cops on myself, which sounds crazy. Like, how can you do that? Um, But my Apple Watch, I guess if you hit the side button so many times, it calls 911. So that's what happened. And I ended up calling 911 like three times, apparently. And it sent my location to my emergency contacts, which were my parents. And everyone was freaking out, thinking that I was in some kind of like terrible accident or something and was unconscious. But no, I was just hammered at the bar. I think it was for my birthday one year, but I can't remember which birthday it was. But I was drinking rum buckets. I do remember that. And they were freaking strong. Um, And then when the cop got there, I tried getting him his number. I tried getting his number and he was married and way, way, way older than me. And turns out, I mean, like he was a cop and I used to work at the hospital in the town. So, I mean, I was around him often after that, which made it a hundred times worse. Literally so freaking embarrassing. And that night I said really mean things to my parents which was not unusual. Um, I just hurt people over and over and over again. And luckily, 
somehow they all forgave me or at least to an extent they did. I'm sure that I did things and said things that have stuck with people longer than I'd like to think. But, um, I mean, I, I still have a relationship with everyone I did those things to, and I hope they don't see me as that person anymore. Um, there were just so many mornings I would wake up. I would not know where I was or how I got there. I drove drunk many, many times. I had no clue what I said or did, but I always knew waking up the next day, it wasn't good. And there were mornings that I woke up and called my counselor crying, which hallelujah, thank God for Bev, because I knew I could call her anytime, any day, even if I didn't have an appointment, she was always there for me and she still is. And she has saved my life so many times. And I would call her crying and I'd be like, oh my God, I really did it this time. I really messed up. There's no getting out of this. And she would talk me down and talk me through the process of like apologizing and asking for forgiveness and moving on. And, you know, I just found myself into dangerous situations and I'm lucky to be alive today. And I believe it's because I had a bigger purpose in this world to fulfill. And I'm very thankful for that. And Bev often, which is my counselor, often advised me to quit alcohol. It was very obvious that I was just drinking my feelings away. I was becoming blackout drunk. So I just forgot the world around me. And it was to the point she told me, she was like, you're an alcoholic. And I was like, no way. Alcoholics get drunk every single day. And she's like, no, alcoholic tendencies can vary from person to person. And I was binge drinking every time I drank, which is definitely a form of alcoholism. And if you don't know what binge drinking is, I don't know the definition, but I believe it's drinking like large quantities in a short period of time basically like drinking to get drunk quickly. And as I've gotten older, I realized that alcoholism runs in my family. And I think, don't quote me on this, but I think my dad's bio dad, who I never met, was an alcoholic. And my brother, who might listen to this, might not. I don't really have a close relationship with him, but... I think he's probably an alcoholic. That's just kind of a topic I don't want to get into. Um, But yeah, so the more I thought about it, the more I realized, yeah, I mean, I was definitely an alcoholic. It, It was in my blood. So for a while, I was afraid to tell anyone this. I mean, I was embarrassed because it was, I was 20 something years old and I was already diagnosed as an alcoholic. And when people think of me, I don't want them thinking of that quality. I want to be known for good qualities. I mean, my, I, I have a lot of qualities in my past that I don't want to be known for. I mean, I, I was a mean girl in high school and we can get into that another time. But after years of counseling, I finally found my heart. I found my purpose. I realized the way I had been acting all these years was just me protecting myself and like blocking out the world around me to to keep myself safe, I guess. Um, Mental illness is hard and it makes you do questionable things. And once I was able to see this, I was able to make the decision that I didn't want to be that person anymore. So I decided to be sober. And like I said earlier, you know, in this episode, sober to me, doesn't mean I'll never have a sip of alcohol again. 
Sobriety to me means that I won't ever get intoxicated again. I will never black out to the world around me. I will never put myself in these dangerous situations again. I'm way too happy and lucky to be here on earth. And our time is so short that I don't want to risk my time being cut even shorter for one night of fun. It's not worth it. And it's not even fun. And I rarely drink now. If I do have a drink, it'll be one and I'll call it good. And typically I don't even finish that drink. I can probably count on both hands how many drinks I've had in like the last two years. And I will say it's hard being around friends who still drink. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't make me feel like I want to drink to each their own. But being the only sober person in a room makes you realize how freaking annoying drunk people are. (laughs) And that used to be me. And they're feeling like shit the next day. But I'm waking up feeling well-rested and happy and I sleep better. I mean, if you have, if you're a drinker and you get drunk, like, you know, those sleeps after being drunk, they suck. You are anxious. You're, the the room is spinning. You sweat out. Your pores just are like oozing alcohol, liquor smell. And it's just gross. And I'm thankful to wake up with like no anxious thoughts or trying to put the puzzle pieces together. And honestly, I'm thankful that a higher power gave me courage to take a sober path because I needed it. So if you are struggling with alcoholism, don't give up on a sober life. It's not easy to get here. It's a bumpy road and you have to work hard to reverse behaviors that you've learned over the years while you were drinking. So I'll give you my top suggestions for trying to quit or quitting. So number one, seek professional help from a counselor. You can't do this alone. You need coping mechanisms. You need to find the root cause of why you're doing what you're doing. Um, Things like that. Number two, don't attend gatherings where there's going to be drinking until you're ready. Don't put yourself in a position to fail. You need to be completely away from alcohol for a while until you're stable and strong and ready. Number three, don't have easy access to alcohol. If you have it in your home, dump it out. I know that shit's expensive. I've been there. I've done that. Dump it out. Replace it with drinks that taste good, that are like a treat to you, but they're not alcoholic. There's plenty of them out there. Number four, Exercise regularly. Keep your body active and busy. That way you don't have any thoughts of trying to stay busy another way or to, you know, to black out. And if you're getting drunk and then working out, you're going to feel even worse. (laughs) So when you're exercising, you know, I've got to be healthy. I've got to be well rested to do this. I don't want to do this and feel like shit. So staying away from alcohol. Number five find your tribe, find your support system and lean on them when you need to. That is so important to have your tribe of people. It can be family, it can be friends, it can be an online support system, whatever you find that works for you, lean on them. There are also plenty of alcohol and substance abuse hotlines that are available 24-7 that you can call if you need help. Even if you're just a friend or family member of someone that you want to help, but you don't know how, 
there's resources on those call centers for you. You can literally go on Google and type like sober hotline and find plenty of call centers. I can't speak much on substance abuse because I've not been there. I don't know people who have. I mean, luckily, my tribe has never had that problem. Um, So if you have any questions or concerns and you don't want to reach out to a hotline and you'd rather reach out to me, I'm an open book. I'll help you to the best of my ability. Um, Like I said, I don't know much about substance, but I know a lot about alcohol and alcoholism. So I'll help you the best I can. And I would say I hope you enjoyed this podcast, but I don't think there's anything really helpful or happy. I mean, it's helpful. I don't think there's anything happy about alcoholism. Um, So I don't think that you're going to like enjoy, but I at least hope you found this podcast helpful or insightful and I'm happy you're here. I'll talk to you next time. Bye guys.